We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. I uh, apologize for the live viewers for being a little late. I was doing a, a college and career night that ran late, and then, you know, we had a little technical difficulties with Alex, so hopefully we can get him in here in a second, but uh, we wanted to get started. So uh, Tyler is here, man. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing very well here and mostly on time and ready to go. <laughs> mostly on time again. Apologize to our live audience for uh, the, the slight delay. So uh, we are going to talk about all of the the great schedule content that came out tonight. And uh, yes, hello, everybody. This is not Calvin. I need to change my name to that at this point on here, but uh, it's still fun running with that joke. Um, before we get started, though, I have to give a huge shout out to the Chargers social media team for absolutely crushing it today. They took no prisoners. Everybody was a target today, and I loved it. Uh, from the Russell Wilson corn pop tart to the Urban Meyer shade on the actual schedule release video. So, uh, Tyler, what was your favorite uh, schedule reference of the day by the Chargers social media page? Oh, man, I could have gone any direction. I, I wasn't sure what my favorite was until you pointed out that in the background of the Urban Meyer disc picture or whatever was Philip Rivers talking about yeah. his 90 yard. Like the tiniest portion of that video had a little reference to that. I just, it was so cool. And that was, you know, for us fans as well. Remembering Philip Rivers is always really cool. And, you know, maybe there's something that happens this season where they retire his jersey or something happens. So 
um, you know, if they're still thinking about him, it's pretty cool to see them reference him again. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've been waiting for that, you know, retire as a charger moment and, and hopefully we get that sometime soon. I know he's, uh, you know, really busy and successful being that uh, great high school football coach that he always wanted to be. Um, I, the Urban Meyer Jaguars one has to be my favorite of the day. I also really, really loved the Kyler Murray one where he, you know, it asked him to delete all the pictures and then he's all sweaty. And then, of course, as, as Thomas points out, man, the Browns and the lawyers comment could not have been more savage. That was just a wonderful piece <laughs> of intel right there. My first thought was like, oh, like this is from last year when, you know, the Browns news people got a hold of it and we're kind of roasting the Chargers team. And then I was like, wait, they traded for Deshaun Watson. Like, that's really what we're doing here. So uh, just excellent trolling by the Chargers social media page and uh, loved every second of it. Yeah, I mean, everybody's loving this. I think in the first hour it had a million views and every single yeah. person is commenting on it. And they involve a lot of the big hitters, right? Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport. Pat McAfee, Amina Kimes, like a lot of people are involved with this, <laughs> not intentional, like they didn't, they didn't know they were involved, uh, but they involved them in different ways. I just, the, the details, the jokes, the references, the little <laughs> details here and there. Uh, I mean, I just loved all of it. Alex might not join us. I was, I was hoping we would go through the entire uh, slideshow and then get to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> I left it in here for him. <laughs> oh, I can't uh, wait for him to see that. <laughs> so I, I don't know if he's maybe watching live, um, but Alex, this was for you. I made this specifically just for you. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's just too perfect. But um, yeah, this the it took me a while to get the twenty eight percent off three waffles, the twenty eight to three thing. Yeah, uh, the W going away. I mean, just the two bears. There's so much in this. There's so much that went into this. I want to see a behind the scenes of this creation. Yeah, I don't know which uh, content creator specifically came up with this, but man, just fantastic all around. Love every single second of it. The Waffle House techniques and, and this one too, the Raiders and the Antonio <laughs> Brown little montage here. Yeah. Uh, and I think, who's the, what's the redheaded toy right there? Do you know? That's the Chucky doll for John that's Gruden. That's the Chucky doll. Okay. All right. That's just because obviously that's yeah. John Gruden's nickname Yeah. or kind of what people associate with him. So just is is fantastic scott child's pointing out that it's at 1.5 million views so i mean the, the chargers social media page got a webby like this is you know and this is kind of just the cherry on top today so uh just loved every second of this video yeah me too for anybody who's watching this or if you just watched the video already i don't know if all trash bins are labeled d140 but because of all the uh you know different easter eggs throughout this video does d140 mean anything to the Raiders is that something oh. or am I just like you know are we doing Marvel Cinematic Universe Easter eggs this is like WandaVision <laughs> stuff right here I don't maybe maybe it's nothing maybe they're all labeled the Justin Herbert Roddy the Dolphin man <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what man they give us so much content that we can use throughout the entire season and for seasons to come I mean yeah it's a cool announcement but we get to use all of this for a good long while I just there's so much here we can take from this I loved all of it <laughs> Dude, they even got the state of the Mile High Stadium on fire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> D for Derek Carr, maybe. What he threw 140 yards in the in the loss last year. Well, now I gotta look this up. Oh, that would be that would be if amazing. That, if that's 140 yards passing from last year, that would be fantastic. Cause <laughs> that does sound right. 
Uh, yeah, no, he, one, did, he definitely did not throw uh, a lot of yards, throw for a lot of yards that day. No, 196. Uh, DZ pointed out Andrew Cordova was the head of anime creation. So shout out to Andrew. Did a fantastic job. Yeah, traditional Asian name, Cordova. Um, <laughs> someone's saying the video was made in, in honor of my origins. Sure. Yeah, I'm also half white, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it fits, right? Because the like half sure. the team loves anime at this point. I mean, Joey Bosa, Chris Rump. I mean, they've talked about anime yeah. all the time. Um, just kind of going back a little bit to the Seahawks one. I, Mina Kimes is one of my favorite media members and oh, yeah. I listen to her podcast all the time. And so the Mina Kimes <laughs> reference in there, and then she has that little interaction with them. Just so, so good here. Uh, the Russell Wilson doll, man, Super Bowl <laughs> goal line play. Just, it, it's all so fantastic. Uh, what is the, I don't like, I know it's funny, but what is the reference to Mina Kimes there? Was there something she tweeted last year? Uh, it's just because she's a big Seahawks fan, I think. Oh, she's a Seahawks fan. Oh, yeah. poor thing. I think she grew up in Seattle. Yeah, oh. and her and the her and the Cardinals have uh, have a social media beef going on because after the Seahawks traded Russ, the Cardinals like added her and were like, "Mina, are you okay?" <laughs> so that's oh, why she okay. responded to the Chargers and was like, "Ask the team in Arizona if you want this smoke." <laughs> uh, someone's. <laughs> Everyone keeps mentioning the Kyle Van Noy thing. Uh, some of somebody said to go back to this. So there's that. It's a, it's a Sixers thing. They lost last time we talked. Yeah. Uh, they had a two game winning streak. And then the next time when they talk, we talked or we we're supposed <laughs> to talk two game losing streak and out. So, uh, so there's yeah, nothing like funny in the Niners one, right? It's just Joey and Nick, right? Uh, I don't believe so. I know each one of them had like two different like images main images so maybe the other one is but no i think it's just the reference to the bears and the naruto right. reference and, and big whatnot. bear small bear yeah even though nick's bear is a little bit bigger it looks like and yeah, nick's bear is a little like uh a little bloody a little cool a little like i don't know ours is blue it's a naruto reference yeah but it's not necessarily like trolling right or is it? No, I I don't believe so. I know it's Naruto. I couldn't tell you what specifically this reference would be other than the bears. So, um, yeah, like I've, like I've always said, I'm a really bad Asian. <laughs> I'm a really bad Asian. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know this is Attack well, on Titan, which is pretty cool. Um, oh, is that a specific? I, I know literally nothing about anime. So, yeah, I've I've just sparingly watched a couple of episodes. But yeah, there's these big monsters that attack humans, and they're behind. What's it the say right wall. below his face, like to the left of his, to the right of his face? Uh, if we're talking about his left, it's AJ was here. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> that's amazing. I guess this was relatively recent that they made this particular yeah. uh, edit. So uh, yeah, no, I love this. Yeah, the Pat McAfee one was fantastic. <laughs> quarterback carousel, and then it's all the quarterbacks. I like how they even had a little bolo tie on uh, Rivers' yeah. tr- Rivers uh, horse, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just the draft picks. picks. Yeah, nice. And then I didn't realize that um, Mile High was actually on fire. So Yeah, yeah. It was on fire like uh, the week before the draft, I want to say. There was like some kind of gas leak or something like that uh, okay all right man that was that was some good fun hopefully you guys enjoy that let us know what your favorite one was in the chat um tyler let's dive into this i always like to start 
of course, with the opener, you know, we kind of knew that this was a possibility based off of all the leaks that were happening early this morning. So Chargers get mm-hmm. Raiders at home on CBS. I assume that's going to be Jim Nance and Tony Roma, the CBS primetime game, if you will. Uh, your thoughts on the Chargers opening up with the uh, revenge game against the Raiders? I like it. Um, you know, even my dad admitted that the Chargers could beat the Raiders at this point because they're start, they're trying to install so many different things. I mean, we saw how the Chargers struggled to install their own stuff last year, and I'd argue that their defense last year was more talented than the Raiders this year, at least more proven pieces. So getting them early, I think, is great. But as you know, a lot of people have been saying on social media, go to the game. I was there, and I've been. like It's my 10th year now with season tickets, and it's just kind of me and my dad's friends. You know, 80,000. Your dad's a Raiders fan. Yeah, my dad, the Raiders fan. uh, And it's just me like, oh, yeah, okay. And, you know, sometimes we do win. So it's nice. Like last year, they were up 21-0 by halftime or whatever. So everything was fine and dandy. But I would love for people to show up and not make me go by myself. Because, you know, it'd be nice to see some blue at home. I know people are worried about Raiders fans. But I've, I've never had a problem with Raiders fans ever at a game. Usually at one home game, there's a fight somewhere for every team. They just It's what happens. People get drunk. They do stupid things. I've never had a problem with a Raiders fan. You and I went to Vegas and had zero issues with Raiders fans. So, yeah. you know, I get that Vegas crowd is, they, I mean, they admitted it, they were more tame than like the California crowd. But still, go to the games. Please go to this one. Uh, what was the Dallas Cowboys split like last year? Do you remember? Was it? It was pretty. It, I I felt like the Cowboys game was pretty close to 50-50 last year, mm-hmm. um, and I I'm hoping that that's kind of the bar, right? Like if we can get to 50-50, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah. Considering the the game last year was like 70-30 in terms of Raiders fans. I mean, like the the Raiders are they're always going to have a large presence in Southern California, so I, I'm never going to expect like a true home field advantage against the Raiders. But sure, like I'm talking with people on social media, and it's like. Oh, the ticket master, we go time to sell the tickets. And it's like, come on, like you're just contributing to the problem. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to complain about the problem. So if you are going to sell the tickets and I totally understand, you know, shit happens. You can, you know, maybe have like a birthday that is happening or a family emergency or whatever the case may be. If you're going to sell, sell on Twitter, tag us, we'll retweet it and make sure we get a Chargers fan in that seat because, you know, I'm just... Brooke and I are going to be there with Tyler, hopefully, you know, somewhere close by. And and it, it's just it's just better, right, if you have a, a good amount of, of Chargers fans. So uh, I'm excited about the matchup. There are so many interesting storylines. Mm-hmm. You know, J.C. Jackson versus Devontae Adams, kind of like the hot ticket additions. Khalil Mack versus his old team. Of course, you know, just in general, like Herbert versus Derek Carr. I, I just don't want it to be like a fan takeover being like the dominant headlines because they're – Right. Is so many good storylines on the field, and this is going to be a great matchup, right? You know, I messaged a, a couple of the players today. Hey, how do we feel about the Chargers potentially opening up with the Raiders? And all four of them were like, "Hey, we love this shit. Like, let's get revenge. Like, let's go." And I think the team wants the smoke. I want the smoke. I just hope that it's not like a huge Raider fan takeover. And again, as people are pointing out in the chat, you can tag Jen Mills. You can tag us. There are plenty of season ticket holder group chats that you can tag as well. I don't know if Veiled Lightning is in here, um, but you can tag him. He does a great job facilitating purchases. So do not sell to do not sell on Ticketmaster or StubHub. 
that is basically guaranteeing that it is going to be a Raiders fan in your seats, sell on Twitter, sell on Facebook, and make sure that a Chargers fan is in those seats. Yeah, I don't understand. You, you bought season two. Like, if you just can't afford to go to the game, so you're not going to buy a ticket, sure, I get it. But if you bought season tickets and you're only and you're a Chargers fan and you're just doing it to make money, what are we doing here? I would love to see Chargers fans yeah. actually walk the walk rather than, oh, you know, we have a big fan base and we can vote like crazy on Twitter. When it comes to time to show up to games, oh, I don't know. Like, I just bought too many jerseys or I did this or like, go to the game. At least go yeah. to this one. I mean, the Chargers, I know it's not their number one intention, but they went out of their way this offseason to get you guys to go to the stands. Again, not their number one priority, but they made all these huge moves. And if your response to all these big moves and Justin Herbert and everything is to just not show up, then what's the point? Like, if you want to reward them trying to win with showing up to try to support them. That's what I think you should do. I've tried to do it. I will be doing it this year. Hopefully more people do too. Yeah, and I will be there as well. Uh, along with Brooke. And in terms of the fans, like Tyler said, we had no issues. That had always been something like in my head, like, oh, I'm never going to go to a Raiders game because the Raiders fans are crazy. They did not have any issues in Las Vegas. Um, you know, so it, just if you avoid those situations, I feel like you're fine. So, right, exactly. I, I think that's really what it comes down to. So, shout out to uh, Tyler's mom in the super chat. I know, uh, fantastic supporter of the show. It's your sister's birthday that same day on September 11th, right? Yes, and normally I would have to go to whatever is the birthday thing that day. But two weeks ago, she said, hey, I want to go to this thing, this festival, whatever, and it's on your birthday. Do you mind? And I said, no, okay, whatever, go for it. So I get a get-out-of-jail-free card for this one where, hey, I get to skip out and go to uh, the game. So there we go. Well, There we go. So uh, going to be a fun one, like I said. So many fun storylines in that matchup. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's arguably the best home game on the schedule anyway. Uh, and you know, I think you can make an argument for the, the Rams and things like that. But just in terms of, like, pure entertainment value, why would you want to even sell your tickets to this game, right? Like, oh there's just so much good content, so many cool matchups in this in this game. And let's face it, like, Chargers and Raiders games are always good. They're always entertaining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Going to be fantastic. The Raiders defense is the shittiest defense in the league. So <laughs> it's going to be, you know, like a 35 to 32 kind of game. So I can't wait, man. This, In terms of on the field, this is a fantastic home opener. It's so, so good. Juicy with everything that you could possibly want in a home opener. As long as we can get some, you know, good fan balance, I think it'll be a fantastic game. I love that you think they have the shittiest defense in the league, but the Chargers only hold them to three fewer points uh, <laughs> in your prediction, which I could see happening. Like, don't get me wrong. I totally see that happening. I mean, um, listen, man, like, <laughs> I, I think the Raiders are going to struggle. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But, mm -hmm. I mean, Carr, Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro, like, they're going to put up points all season long. Every single mm -hmm. game that they play is going to be a shootout. But their defense is Max Crosby and, and Chandler Jones and a whole lot of nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, quickly from Isaac Lopez, $2 Super Chat. My season tickets are in $231. Um, if I I might sell them and buy four somewhere else or whatever. Or maybe I'll yeah. sit with Steven or something if my dad can't go. So, But usually I'm 231 And I love those seats. I would recommend anything in that area. Yeah, if you're going to buy individual seats to a Chargers game, I highly recommend sitting on that same side whether that's in the 230s or the 330s or, or I don't know exactly the sections, right? But the same side as the team shop, in my opinion, is like the best place mm -hmm. to be because yeah. you get the shade. 
Uh, and when you're <laughs> when you're in a September game in Los Angeles, that shade matters. It really helps out a lot. Yeah, I remember you texted us at the Browns game. You're like, dude, I just grabbed like oh four waters. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for the Browns game, we were in section 209, which is on the opposite side. Yeah. And it was, you know, same. It was a 1 p.m. kick, right? And we were just, I was sweating so much. And <laughs> I was dying. I was like, if I don't stay hydrated, I'm going to literally pass out. So I, I bought like four waters. Yeah. Brooke brought four waters. It was, it was fun, but it was very hot. It wasn't even a relaxing game. It was the 42, 45. Also that. Game. So you're, you're cheering and sweating. And I mean, that must have been. I mean, I'm glad you. I'm glad they won, obviously. Sorry, yeah. one more from my mom. Maybe we can take Becca to the game for her birthday. She'll wear blue. Yeah, I mean, if Becca wants to go to a, a game for her birthday, uh, great. I'll be there regardless. So if she wants to go, great. Uh, if not, then I'll still be there. There you go. There you go. All right, uh, Tyler, what, uh, what other game stands out to you at first glance? Ooh, let me pull up the schedule again. I, I do think the... Thank you for this, by the way. Yeah, no problem. I think the October 9 game, uh, week five against the Browns, does stick out to me just based on where it's scheduled. Rich Ornberger, I, it's kind of a, a theory, I guess. But the Browns don't have a primetime game until after week eight, I think. And he thinks that maybe the NFL tried to schedule yeah. things towards the second half of the season when they know Deshaun Watson will be around. So he thinks it might be an eight-game suspension, which, of course, means that the Chargers would not be facing and will not be facing Deshaun Watson this year. Don't know that for a fact, but I, I can't imagine he gets a four-game suspension. If he gets a four-game suspension, which I guess is possible, then he'd be back yeah. week five. But either way, getting him early, you know, without being a part of the team or without playing games or just not getting him at all. And Baker Mayfield's not playing. So getting the Browns early is really, really great. And then just overall, not having to play any significant cold weather games. They didn't have yeah. a lot on their schedule. But the second half of the year, I don't know when cold weather starts for some places, but I guess like the December stretch, you know, Raiders, Miami, Tennessee, Colts, Rams, Broncos, like at Broncos is maybe it's a cold one. game, but it's it's not exactly going to, not that they, they didn't play Buffalo, but it's not going to Buffalo. It's not going to New England. It's not going to Green Bay or whatever. I think if, if at Denver is your cold game, that's that's not that bad. Yeah, weather-wise is fantastic from the bye week on. It's all warm weather or domes or home games, of course. And, you know, getting the only cold game being at Denver week 18, you know, hopefully resting starters or, you know, some kind of thing. But, you know, getting back to your point, I think Watson gets at least six games like James C is kind of suggesting. That I feel like that's kind of what we've seen from the league in the past in terms of, you know, handing out those kind of suspensions. So I feel like he'll get at least six. If Richard Ornberg thinks that's that it's eight, I could certainly see that being a possibility. Um, I also love the fact, like I said this, like I, I will never get to go to many primetime games at SoFi Stadium because that would require me taking work off on Monday. And as a, somebody who works in education, that's just really freaking hard to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so the fact that the Chargers and Rams get on Sunday night football over Christmas break is for, mm -hmm. for me is fantastic. And I know there are lots of other people, you know, whether that be college students, high school students, you know, uh, people who work in education, like I do, like, that's a really cool opportunity because like I said, like, that's the only time this season I'll be able to get to go to a home game. Uh, that's at night. And so we don't get a ton of home games in general that are prime time this year, which is kind of hit or miss for me, but Mm -hmm. um you know the last week 17 rams chargers sunday night football 
over Christmas break. That's that's just a really cool game for me personally. Yeah, it's I, I initially when I saw it, I thought, oh, my gosh, they have a Christmas Day uh, game, but it's the 26th. So thank goodness the Colts game is not on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, whatever, I'd be watching it regardless. Uh, but then, yeah, that January yeah. 1st game, man, you know, it sounds like we're going to get a good guilty as charged contingent down there. I think that's Arjun's birthday. I didn't realize that. So yeah, uh, happy birthday in advance. And I think he's going to try to make his way down. I think Kyle's going to try to make his way down. And um, up. I mean, up. Yes. We'll carpool. Um, so I'll be there <laughs> as well. I'll, I'll definitely be there. And then, uh, yeah, you'll you're, you'll be there. So, yeah, that one's yeah. great. Are you going to try to go to the Cardinals game? Um, maybe that one will kind of depend on Thanksgiving plans. Cause that's, you know, Saturday after or Sunday after Thanksgiving. So mm-hmm. we'll see, you know, that road game would be fantastic. I was really hoping that, um, you know, there would be a little bit more overlap with the chargers and, uh, the Utah football team, but there's none this year. Last year there mm-hmm. was a lot and there was like three games where the chargers and Utah kind of lined up this year. There aren't any, <laughs> so we'll see, but I, I would like to go there. I mean the the Niners home game it, it or the Niners game would be pretty easy for me to get to. That's that's a much quicker drive for us than LA is. And Brooks' um, aunt and uncle are actually season season ticket holders for the Niners, so that's probably the away game that we do end up attending. And then you know, like I said, we'll go to the first one and then Week 17 for sure. Ooh, San Francisco that sounds fun. Things are so different for me this year because I'm starting my master. So, hey, you know, Sunday should be available, but then some travel, yada, right. yada. But that'd, that'd be a good one. 49ers, that'd be fun. I guess, I mean, the, their stadium's pretty good. Yeah, with good food. Oh, their stadium. The food at the food at Levi's Stadium, man, <laughs> is the best stadium food that I've ever had. Oh, like wow. It, it, they have some garlic fries and mm. that are just, like, amazing. And, you know, they do a really good job of, of having good food available there. And it's only, like, actually... It's like two and a half hours for me from here to get to oh, Levi wow. Stadium. So it's it's a super quick drive. Um, even at Sunday night where I I like I could get back home and, and still, you know, be at work the next day on Monday. So that'd be a good one to attend. Um, I guess that's the other thing we should talk about is Chargers getting five primetime games this year, which is the most possible. I'm so excited about that. I have waited my entire life for the Chargers to get this many <laughs> primetime games. And I want to say like in 2007 or eight, they had like four, which is fantastic. But this is the first time in a very long time that the Chargers have uh, this kind of national presence. Um, So obviously they get week two at Kansas City as the first Amazon Prime game. They get uh, the Broncos on Monday Night Football, the the 49ers, excuse me, on uh, Sunday Night Football too. something else happening, something happening on Twitter right now. Um, and then Bronco or Colts, man, I'm a mess. Colts on Monday Night Football, Rams Sunday Night Football back to back. So five primetime games is the most you can have. The Chargers get five along with like 12 other teams. So really kind of shows where the league views the Chargers and views how exciting they are and how much buzz is about them right now. So uh, I'm super excited. That means I don't have to st- illegally stream for <laughs> for five games this year, which is fantastic. Uh, but just overall, I think it really shows how far the team has come. Yeah, how exciting is this? I, I mean, Justin Herbert effect. And it's it doesn't really mean anything. You know, Herbert is the it being prime time does not affect Justin Herbert really, but he's amazing in prime time. Like that Raiders game to finish out the season last year 
was I think his worst game in terms of EPA per play in terms of primetime really games. <laughs> and it was still really freaking good. Like that was almost yeah. the story of the entire game was Herbert carrying this team. So getting more primetime games like this is so much fun. Some of them are, you know, odd, like the Amazon game. That's going to be different. This ought to be interesting. Uh, the Monday Night Football against the Broncos. Ah, I keep forgetting Russell Wilson's the quarterback because usually that would be kind of a meh sort of matchup. But <laughs> yeah, if Drew Locke were playing, it'd be like, okay, right. All right. Seen that. Not that fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the Chargers getting a Monday Night Football game and then a Sunday Night Football game with the Colts and the Rams. I love it. And I, I just, no matter what, it feels good rooting for a team that you know that even if other people aren't a fan of the Chargers, that's an exciting game. Yeah. Maybe you're a you know Bills fan. Maybe you're a Jaguars fan. Whatever, but when you watch Herbert versus Mahomes, or even you know Herbert versus Carr last year, or all these games that they play, it's really fun. They're really fun games. Always come down to the wire. So it, it's it's really really cool to see the Chargers get five this year. I don't remember the last time they had five. I don't either. And you know, obviously, they're if everything goes well right and the chargers and broncos are are both vying for playoff seating like there's a strong chance that that game gets flexed into prime time as well uh somebody pointed out the cbs games right so i would imagine the opener is is the cbs prime time game if you will maybe the titans in week 15 kind of has that same kind of treatment so country is going to get a whole lot of charges this year and it is uh, I, I think that's obviously great for the team great for the this for the area, right? Just kind of continuing to grow the fan base. I like the balance of primetime opponents as well. Cause my, I guess my worry is not the right word, but I, I kind of assumed that they would have a primetime game against each AFC West team. And so you get, you know, two AFC West opponents in primetime, the chiefs and the Broncos, then you get the Colts, the Niners and the Rams. So you get two NFC teams, and then the Colts. I think that's just a really fun balance of, of primetime opponents yeah. for me, as opposed to just saying, "Hey, here's three AFC West games. Go for it." And then you know you, you figure out the rest. So I like the balance there in terms of AFC, NFC, and opponent. Like the Colts, you know, play a whole lot. So mm -hmm. I, I like the balance there for sure. Yeah, there's just something about Chargers, Colts, and primetime. Just whether you go back to the you know the Darren Sproles touchdown, yeah, or even I think it was Keenan Allen's rookie year. He kind of had a real breakout two touchdown game against the Colts on Monday night football. So, you know, the Colts haven't been these crazy playoff contenders for some time, but it just feels like a hit, like chargers Colts just feels like a nice history there. And then, yeah, the Rams game, that's, that's a home game for us, unfortunately, fortunately, uh, <laughs> but yeah, th that'll be a fun one. That that's a, that's yeah. a huge, huge game for them. Yeah. That's going to be really, you know, interesting to see how that split plays out. And, um, and, you know, I think obviously Chargers get the first, you know, advantage of tickets and things like that. So, again, another great matchup game, right? Like Aaron Donald versus Zion Johnson and Corey Lindsley, man. Like that just gets me fired up as a trench guy. You know, Leonard Floyd versus Rashawn Slater. So that's there's a lot of juicy matchups there in terms of defensive line, offensive line. Um, I always look next at kind of where the bye week is situated and kind of mm -hmm. what happens before and what's after. Mm -hmm. So I like having the buy in week eight, nine, 10. I think that's perfect. And I like the way that the, the schedule kind of ramps up after the buy too. So obviously there's a lot of turnover and you get, you know, basically a brand new defense with, you know, very little carryover from last year. So ideally by the bye week, you have everything kind of sorted out and then you have the Falcons in week nine and then you just have 
frankly, a gauntlet of, of games to close out the season. But at that point, you're hoping that you're in a really nice groove and the Falcons win kind of carries you throughout the rest of the season. So I really like the way that the bye week is situated for the Chargers as well. I don't know if you share the same thoughts, but I think it's it's a perfect setup in that regard. Yeah, I have no real preference between like eight and eleven, week eight and eleven. But as long as it's not one of those random week five buys or whatever, yeah, I'm good. And I really like the way the schedule is before the buy because last year Aston Eckler talked about after what week three or four, they were just installing new plays on offense almost on the fly because they had spent so much time on special teams in training camp and just not being able to run those <laughs> yeah, plays. Let's not do that again this year, please. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that again. That was very boring. But now, you know, even if they're still trying to install new things. You have the Raiders you're familiar with, the Chiefs you're familiar with, no offense, but the Jags and Texans should be kind of a cakewalk. The Browns you're familiar with, the Broncos you're obviously familiar with, and the teams you're not really familiar with are the Seahawks and the Falcons, who shouldn't be that difficult. So you can continue to, and with the bio as well, you know, go with what you already know, but also start to really, really, really build things in. So by the time you hit that second half of the season, you basically know what you're doing. You know what you want to be. You've retooled. You've established everything you want to do, and then you're ready to go. I, I really like that the Chargers get a lot of familiar opponents or easy opponents to start the year so they can just do what they know and how to do. Nothing too crazy. You don't have to worry about installing, you know, cramming things in. You can develop it over time. So when you get to the Niners, the Cardinals, you know, the Titans, Dolphins, Colts, then you know you hopefully are a more established, ready-to-go team. Yeah, and you know, NSN point <laughs> kind of making fun of your comment about the Texans, but you know, we get the the revenge factor too. Like, Heck yeah, know, this team they're gonna make sure that they show up and show out against the Texans. I can guarantee you that. I know for a fact that several of the players uh, that game left a very sour taste in their mouths, and so you know, getting the Texans that in that way, and again. If the, I know the Browns will be good regardless in terms of the roster. Like, I'm definitely not saying that they're like an easy team, but it's mm -hmm. obviously going to be much easier if you're playing Jacoby Brissett versus Deshaun Watson and <laughs> you're in Cleveland in October. The, Brissett's their backup, right? I'm, I'm not just making that up. Sure. <laughs> okay. Technically, it's Baker. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's the whole but, Baker. But not really. Right now, really. But not really. All right. Well, Anyway, so what I, what I was trying to say, like, you, presumably, if you can go two and one against the three division people, then you're looking at a really or two and one, excuse me. So mm -hmm. you beat two teams of the division guys in the before the bye, and then you're looking at a really maybe like a six and two start after the after you beat the Falcons, and then you kind of see where you're at and just kind of you know roll through these teams. So I, I think building that momentum is a really legitimate thing that teams talk about and so if you start the season six and two like that you're in great shape for the back half of the season yeah 100 agree i would love for them to get off that to a nice start which they did do last year and they missed the playoffs but i feel like it's very important obviously this year yeah. to do that establish yourself and well uh, and this year like i think the one of the reasons why they kind of fell off is obviously the depth kind of just went mm -hmm. by the wayside i mean you get to the point where uh, I, I forget the exact number that Popper would said, but you have 90 combinations or, or 70 combinations or whatever in the secondary, you know, Kenneth Murray, Kaiser White, Drew Tranquil missing games, Linwad Joseph missing games, um, Justin Jones missing games, Joey Bosa had the concussion. 
So uh, ideally your defense stays more healthy this year, but they also have significantly better depth. My evil twin Kyle Van Noy coming over. You have Asante Samuel Jr. hopefully staying healthy. So I think the roster on defense is just in such a significantly greater place that I'm not necessarily super worried about like them falling off down the cliff. If they do, I mean, it's be- the schedule is is tough. It is. But in terms of the roster, I feel confident that they will be able to uh, hold up down the stretch. And that's the thing. I was trying to do my record prediction, which I still really don't know quite yet. Yeah. But I was thinking about, okay, you know, you, st- you, you have a prediction, but then it's probably two to three games worse than that prediction because of the injuries the Chargers always sustain. But it just feels much better this year. And, and hopefully, and we can maybe address this on the next episode, hopefully them add or trying to add that guard means there's some sort of plans there where maybe, yeah. if it's not a, maybe it's not a week one sort of plan, but they are preparing themselves in the event that somebody gets hurt or if things aren't working, that they're loaded up on guards to make the changes that they need. Yeah, that was a really interesting thing that caught my attention. I was like, oh, this first of all, the guy's not very good. Like he's a career backup, but <laughs> I was just yeah. like, oh, they're trying to add another guard. That's yeah, that's interesting. So, um, you know, my first thought, of course, was somebody kicking out to tackle. Obviously, you know, ideally that would be right. Matt Filer. You pointed out the Jamari Sawyer thing. There is a chance that he, of course, is not healthy. You know, and he was, there was that video posted by his trainer about him uh, having some knee issues. So we'll have to see. Again, I would imagine that the, the Chargers would have done their homework medically right. before drafting Jamari Sawyer and, and have confidence in his ability to play. But that definitely caught my attention today when I was like, oh, they're trying to sign another guard. All right, then. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, I've never seen them. I, I don't recall the last waiver wire lineman they would have picked up or tried to pick up before. It just was like, it's like you have to ask the question, even if it means nothing. And yeah. it does mean nothing because he's not on the team. But even if it means nothing, you have to ask, what was the intention behind that move? Why are you trying to waiver wire claim a guy who, granted, is going to be a backup and a backup spack up maybe, but what was the intention behind that? So I'm, I'm very curious if anything changes in the coming weeks. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah. This is a really good point by uh, Scott Childs. Asante Samuel Jr. in his press conference the other day talking about how it's just night and day different in in learning the system reinforces the confidence this defense is going to eat. Um, and then he, he also wants to know about uh, the tough game that we have. But, you know, we've heard Asante talk about it. We've heard Drew Tranquil talk about it. You're just kind of moving past the basics. And so all of these players who are carrying over, like they all know their responsibilities. So instead of just talking about like basic things, now you can talk about technique and adjustments. And so just mentally all of these players are going to be able to take this defense to such a higher level because they're just more comfortable in it. And I forget if it was, it might've been tranquil as well, talking about, you know, Kenneth Murray, but once you can have like just a, a firmer grasp mentally, you're able to play more free because you're not necessarily scared of making mistakes or, or not understanding your assignment. Now, you know, all the assignments, you just have to go out and execute it. So I think this defense, you know, is going to be very, very good. I think they would have been better than last year if they had just brought everybody back, right? Like just bring the whole unit back and you'll be better because of health and because you understand the scheme. But now you add in Khalil Mack and JC Jackson and Kyle Van Noy and Sebastian Joseph Day and damn, I'm getting really excited about this defense, right? And like the ceiling and JT Woods. So I, I think this is a fantastic point to bring up. Yeah, they they just I, I, there is a trade off. Sure, that maybe these guys are a bit older. Maybe they get hurt. You know, there is an age difference on this defense, although, you know, they had Chris Harris Jr. and Limbaugh Joseph last year. So they did bring in some older guys, but at the same time, it's it's plug and play. You know, Khalil Mack, you know, oh, you have to adjust to my system and do this. No, you just go rush. Like, you know what to do. I know you. You know me. Let's go do this. And like you said, the Chargers would have just had a better defense if they brought everybody back, but they didn't have to. Um, and they didn't, obviously. And now they have a really good, a really good foundation. I think fairly solid depth. And for the young guys that aren't, you know, obviously NFL players just yet. They haven't touched an NFL field just yet. They've all got their 72 degrees and honor roll designations. And I think that will be help them quite a bit. I think it seemed to obviously work for Justin Herbert. So hopefully them being these pretty smart guys help them keep, uh, catch up pretty quick. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's another one, too. This is the first time Justin Herbert has had the same offensive coordinator in back-to-back years since he was in high school. So it's just mentally this team is going to be in such – a greater level of comfort just with the schemes and everything that they're being asked to do. You can do more things. And Brandon Staley always talks about it with, with Herbert specifically, all of the inventory you have now in your mental aspect, your mental suitcase, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's just far greater because you've been in the system for a year. You've had more performances in higher competitive situations and you were in a playoff hunt down the season, down the stretch last year. So, Mentally, the Chargers are just, feel, I feel like, are going to take a big step forward this year. As for his uh, specific question, we've had it a couple of times as well. What's a game on here that you're kind of penciling in as a potential concern for this team in 2022? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely the obvious ones. I am concerned about the 49ers game just because they have a built-in system of yeah. running the football, which they've, you know, the Rams were the dream team or whatever. The Niners took it to them one game and the next game. And almost that third game, like they just know how to run the offense, even if they have a good line. Sure. But even with the running backs that are kind of 
in eh, a quarterback situation that's kind of eh, they're still so efficient like they're a good rushing attack not just that they have good players and they can run the ball well. like they're a good well conditioned you know running attack and so i do worry about that uh, because they don't really with the exception of maybe the browns i actually don't know what the raiders are running on offense this year with the exception of the browns i don't know how tested they're going to be with a pure rushing attack throughout yeah. the entire well okay I lied. The Seahawks are going to run at 52. They're going to run at 50 times a game. I was going to say, (laughs) I don't know if they'll be any good at it, but we'll hammer that head home (laughs) as much as possible. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, well, I guess we'll kind of get a sense when they play the Browns, but then they don't really have a quarterback. So how much can you tell the Niners are going to, I would assume have Trey Lance uh, asterisk, I guess. And they have a really good rushing attack, Trent Williams. So, I do worry about that one just a bit. Oh, and by the way, their defensive line is super stacked. So if if we're at a point where you know Pipkins isn't cutting it and Orton's not cutting it, it's not going to get any easier against the Niners because they're going to stick in Nick Bosa and rotate out to Drake Jackson. It's just not going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, the Niners, from a defensive line standpoint, I, I mean, we saw even this past year in training camp, like that unit just goes you know, 10 guys deep and, you know, Drake Jackson being like your worst, (laughs) your worst player on that front. And he's going to, they're going to turn Drake Jackson into a freak, man. Like when when I saw that selection, I was like, Oh, okay. So Drake Jackson is going to be the best defensive end from this class. Like, cool. (laughs) Awesome. Um, That game I think is worrisome from that standpoint. Um, You know, we've seen November games in San Francisco, maybe get a little rainy, Mm. sloppy kind of monsoon game. So that could be a factor. Maybe that ends up being there. Um, one weather game, if you will. I think, you know, in terms of trap games, if you want to call it that, frankly, not like super concerned about any of the bad teams this year. And I know like there's always going to be a bad team that beats that trips up somebody. Right. But sure. Like you get the Jaguars at home, you know, mm-hmm. the Texans again, there's that revenge factor, maybe the Seahawks, but again, at least that game is at home. Right. So, you know, back half of the schedule, I mean, for whatever reason, this team always really struggles against the Dolphins, which yep. sucks mm-hmm. so bad to lose to that team. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know why. Crap. Yeah. 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 So I, I think in terms of like, they don't necessarily qualify for a trap game. Like they're, they're a good team. Yeah. But I, I'm a little bit more concerned about that game than I, I would like to be. Yeah, it's tough to say there's really a trap game, like you said. I mean, I guess the trap game for me, if there is one, is the Jags. But I don't really feel like, like you said, it's at home. But, you know, I think this team, if they go 2-0, and maybe they exhale just a bit. And suddenly the Jaguars, with their, you know, billion dollars invested in Christian Kirk. I, <laughs> I don't think they're like, we don't know what the Jaguars are going to be. Yeah. Maybe they were actually a really talented team last year that had an awful, and they did have an awful coach. And maybe Peterson, by the time we get to week three, they've figured things out and they're leading the division. So I think there's a chance that could be problematic. But yeah, it really is the Miami game. That one, that one's the coin toss for me. I mean, I guess a lot of them are. Right. But that one, it's like, yeah, I could totally see them beating the Dolphins. But also, I could totally see them losing to the Dolphins. Whereas I feel like, you know, the Rams, like, you're sure both teams could win. But I feel like it could, it'll be pretty close. Dolphins, sure. we could get, it's, a, it's just a wide range of outcomes, I feel like. We've seen them be good against the Dolphins we've also seen them go to Miami and have Keenan Allen saying yep we didn't know what we were doing and they knew everything that we were doing uh different regime of course and I don't expect that to happen again 
but that one is definitely worrisome yeah, yeah and they've they're gonna have that like warriors feel with tyree kill and Jalen waddle where they could just go off at any moment and just like all of a sudden you look up and it's 28 to 3 or something like that so uh, again i would hate for that game to be a loss and you know the dolphins are going from coast to coast so you know, that is a little bit of a tough game for the Dolphins as well, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I really could see Tyreek Hill going off for, you know, his 200 yards, three touchdowns. You had in Jalen Waddle, all 37 of the running backs that Mike McDaniel has collected uh, down doing, there. Man? So I think in the back half of the schedule, probably overall, unfortunately, I do think the Dolphins is kind of the game that I'm like most concerned about. Yeah, I get that. Oh, and also the 49ers, just a extra thing to add. Anthony Lynn is a part of that staff. So there is a yeah. mild revenge game there for him. I, I, f- I forgot about that, man. I I can't believe he's their offensive coordinator. Speaking <laughs> of offensive coordinators, did you see the, the New England thing that came out yesterday? Yes, that it's it's coin toss that they're going to duke it yeah, out. They're going to have a training out. camp competition for <laughs> offensive coordinator, man. And it's <laughs> Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Like, <laughs> I know Bill likes to do things different, but what the hell are you thinking, man? I don't know. Did they, I mean, they reached for Cole Strange. Did they get an offensive weapon for Mac Jones? Uh, they drafted Tyquan Thornton in the second round. Man. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Maybe an offensive coordinator would have helped them in that scenario. But yeah, oh them not gosh. that situation is so weird. I yeah. maybe understand if you have an offensive-minded coach and we'll kind of see how, you know, you work with the OC and maybe there's a run game coordinator. And they kind of have different responsibilities, but it but being between Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, like, what are we doing? Like, wh- I don't yeah. understand. Do they have? Not that they're dumb, but like they're they have a whole other thing they have to do. They've been, so they've I, done a lot of dumb things this year, though. That is for <laughs> sure. I, I don't understand what they're doing, but whatever. They're gonna end up with a winning record somehow. Yeah, probably they'll probably. <laughs> what if they beat the Bills for the AFC East this year, man? That'd be so just like classic Bill Belichick. Um, don't, don't see it happening, but okay. Um, so what if Matt Patricia is the offensive coordinator and then <laughs> let's say he, it's not going to happen. Let's say they go undefeated, amazing offense. What do you hire him as? If you, if you want to hire him as a head coach next, uh, I, I feel like he would want to call plays on defense. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what he came up as. That's what he knows. Right. I mean, like, I think it's one thing to go from defensive assistant to offensive assistant, but like calling plays for the other unit, like that's just that's a whole other beast. Yeah, I can't think of that happening for. I know, like Staley was sort of involved, and and Lynn said at some point he was going to be involved, but it was very different. Being yeah. a uh, having a training camp battle for offensive coordinator, like if they do that, I want Patricia, I want Joe Judge, <laughs> and then I want some like Madden player to yeah. also be able to call plays and just see who creates the best <laughs> offense. Patricia gets the first quarter, Manning yeah. gets the second quarter, Judge gets the third <laughs> quarter. Whoever has the best quarter, they get to decide for the yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah, or there's the fan vote or whatever. <laughs> just take a poll. Turn it into that Austin Eckler league that he does where he gets to just yeah. like randomly ask people what they want to run. That thing yeah. is so weird to me. Johnny Menzel throwing touchdowns to T.O. It's like, what the hell is this league? <laughs> is that still happening? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we got Teresa Compapa said it to Doctor Strange. That is a fantastic movie. I hope you enjoy it as much as Tyler and I did. Um, but, yeah, fantastic there. All right, Tyler, uh, toughest four-game stretch. What do you think here? 
Ooh, for toughest four game stretch. Okay, it's always hard to divvy this up. I am I am sort of looking at that last set of four games. Sure. Just because the Titans, I'm not saying they're quite like the Steelers or Ravens, but the Titans just you blink into the number one seed, even though they really shouldn't yeah. be. They're they're not even that tall. Now they do they are in the AFC South, but they also are the number one seed, and they they can just hold on and win games, win tough games. Colts, I'm not as worried about, but you never know. Um, at least, well, we know what the defense is going to be because it's yeah. Gus Bradley, but <laughs> you, you never know. Maybe that's clicking and they do have a good line. They do have a good rushing attack and upgraded quarterback. Rams is obviously very difficult. And then at Denver to close out the year, which may be Saturday, which may be a short week. You know, if they go, because it's it was seven, the seventh is Saturday, right? January 7th is a Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So it could be Sunday night football Rams, Saturday football against the Broncos depending on how things go, depending on how they flex things. So that's tough. They just can't win at Denver. So Titans, always good. Colts, solid team, prime time. Rams, a very good team, obviously, and then at Denver. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, you get Titans and Derrick Henry. You get Monday Night Football against the Colts, Sunday Night Football against the Rams, potentially Saturday Night Football, Sunday Night Football against the Broncos. Like, just emotionally, like, that's a, that's a really tough stretch. That too. Mm-hmm. Um but I think from a team standpoint, I would lean more towards Niners, Chiefs, Cardinals, Raiders being the tougher stretch, at least on the field. Um, I think the Niners and Chiefs, obviously very good teams. Cardinals, I think, will be mm-hmm. in store for a little regression, but I still expect them to be a, a playoff team. And then Raiders, by that point, you feel like they would probably have a lot of their issues figured out. You know, you really kind of clicking with Derek Carr, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and all those guys. You always have to figure that they split against the Raiders. I feel like that's always the case. I, I can't remember the last time they went two and zero against the Raiders, um, and when both teams were good, I should say. So <laughs> I, I think that stretch is, is is a really tough stretch. But that the, all of the last games or last nine games are are definitely difficult. Yeah, no, this whole second half of the schedule, <laughs> there's it's really tough to pick one particular set. Yet, like like Niner said, was the one that worries me. Kansas City is always worrisome for some reason at home versus Kansas City yeah. to me is always more worrisome. Cardinals yeah. one is going to be interesting. Is Murray healthy? Um, and I believe, is it Cliff Kingsbury's offense tails off the second half of the season? Was that them? It does. It does. Yeah. So that does potentially give us a good shot there. But yeah, that, that could go, you know, DeAndre Hopkins obviously returns. I guess they can't tail off because Hopkins will be returning. They should be on the upswing. Yeah. So he's got yeah, a six game worries. suspension, right? Yes, for yeah. PEDs. So, mm-hmm. um, this is a great point by Felipe Rios. Mm-hmm. Herbert is 119 of 183 for 1400 uh, yards, 16 total touchdowns, two interceptions, with a passer rating of 109.5 in primetime games. Chargers are three and two, three and two in those games. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he's right, man. Like Justin Herbert is just so so good in primetime games. Every single one is he shows up falls out and you mentioned earlier the Raiders one was probably his worst one it's statistically mm-hmm. and it was one of the like craziest moments we've ever seen in person on a football field so yeah I, I am really looking forward to seeing that trend continue yeah thanks Felipe Ruiz for sending that in just fantastic in prime time we all saw the Buccaneers game but to me like I always tell my students if you get it once it could be a mistake could be an accident you do it twice then I know you have it and he you know, played the Bucks very well that through the interception at the end, it wasn't quite a perfect game, but we thought, okay, 
this guy really has something. And then they go, I think Sunday night football, whatever, against the Saints. And he goes out there despite the pressure, despite the issues. I think Keenan Allen leaving after the first quarter too. Yeah. Uh, just a almost perfect game from him. And from there, like just primetime Herbert was born. He is so good when the lights are brightest. And I've seen it in person. We've seen it in person. It's a true treat to watch. Just pure football is amazing to watch. But also, he plays for the Chargers. And he, I, mean, I guess he doesn't win more often. I mean, he does win more often than not. It is three and two. But he's always very good. No matter what happens, he's always excellent. Yeah, I'll never forget listening to Cam Jordan talk to Keenan Allen about that game. And I think the specific term was like he compared the offensive line to like the Walmart of offensive line. Like he just like Jeez. he's like, where did you get these guys from Walmart or something? I can't remember the <laughs> specific comparison. Right. But I mean, they knew that they were going to get after him. And unfortunately, they did. I think he was hit like 12 times in that game. Mm-hmm. But he kept on coming man. he kept on coming and, and uh, had a fantastic game. And, and if not for Michael Badgley, probably leads a comeback win. So. <sighs> You know, it is what it is. We'll get, we'll get the Saints back at some point. Hopefully. And that's why I do like you talked about veterans you know, on the team. Veterans on special teams is nice, too. Like, we have a veteran yeah. long snapper, veteran kicker, veteran returner. All things feel good. Like, we're just going to hit the ground running. No Viz Caino, you know, oh. no Larry Roundtree or KJ Hill. It's just, nope, we have veterans that are good at their jobs. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I can't believe that guy thought that Relayer Roundtree could have was going to be a good kick returner, man. Like, what are we doing? I this guy, you know, I can understand. Like, whatever, sure. take a shot on a young kicker. But like, your two returners are four eight Larry Roundtree and four <laughs> seven KJ Hill. Like, what are we doing? I just, yeah, I I don't know. It, the more I see from this new special teams staff, at least in terms of additions and things going the right way, the more I question why Swinton was even the fit to begin with. Like that was the selling plan. Like KJ Hill, Larry Rounds. It's like, you sure you don't want to try out anybody who's like faster than four or five? No, 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 no. <laughs> KJ Hill, Larry Roundtree. I mean, we were at the point where the decision decisions were so bad that we thought that like this or not we, but there was a conspiracy that the Spanos family intervened and was like, let's push our draft picks. Like that's how bad the, the decisions were. We thought that the front office was interfering with, kickoff return decisions <laughs> and you know then you see uh tyron johnson get cut for special teams and then uh have some great special teams play for the raiders it's fantastic all right this is supposed to be this is supposed to be a positive show it's all good um all right tyler let's wrap it up here kind of going by in doing an initial record prediction this is of course subject to change uh with new information down the stretch um but do you want to go um, quarter by quarter of the schedule, or how do you want to do the prediction? Oh, boy. Uh, we can go quarter by quarter, or however you want to do it. All right. Um, all right. For the first four games, I'm going to say 4 0. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I completely could see that happening. So, my, I think my prediction of how I go through game by game is going to be more positive. But then I got to subtract a couple just randomly because we know <laughs> that's how it works. So um, I will say I will also say four and oh, because they're go. playing in Arrowhead, which is a weird yeah. bonus thing for the Chargers. Herbert loves Arrowhead. Mike Williams loves Arrowhead. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very we'll, we'll see how the Chiefs draft picks pan out. Obviously, I do like quite a bit of their draft picks. 
but it's still very early. It's and it's a very short week for them. You know, two games in ten days. Trent McDuffie and all these guys trying to figure things out. Yeah. Uh, I feel really bad because I like McDuffie a lot. I think he's going to get toasted. Like if he's covering outside versus Mike Williams, this, this game is pretty much over. Yeah, you know, there's a notion out there that the Chiefs start slow, and then Arjun was kind of saying that Mahomes starts hot. So mm. I don't know. We'll have to see how that plays out. But they have so much roster turnover. Mm-hmm. I feel like three and one is like you're three and one at minimum here. Cause like I said, I, I don't think that they're going to lose to the Jaguars or Texans this year. I think worst case after four games, you're talking about a split against the Raiders and the chiefs. And so you're at three and one. So next four games after that, of course, would be the Browns, Broncos, Seahawks, and Falcons. I think this stretch would be, I feel comfortable with three and one, you know, you can convince me that they lose to the Browns or the Broncos. But again, I think the Seahawks are bad. I think the Falcons are bad. So I, I think win-win there. So I'll say after eight weeks, I have the Chargers at seven and one. Yeah. I'm going to retroactively say three and one for the first four games and go four and zero oh for these <laughs> games. There you go. He's like, I'm, All right. I, I, how, do, how do I say? I mean, listen, will they probably lose two games in this stretch? Probably. But those first four games, well, first two, but the first quarter is more difficult than this one. And, you know, the Browns with no quarterback, the Broncos at home, and then two very bad teams. Uh, it probably won't be seven and one, but they could go eight and oh. And I think seven and one is somehow also very realistic. Yeah. No, I, I think that's totally possible. I think worst case is probably six and two, though. Yeah. I would say one of the AFC West games is a loss early in the first quarter, and then just, you know, Browns or Broncos maybe beat them. So I, I six and two, barring any injuries, I think six and two is actually the worst case, being somewhat realistic. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, next four games that stretch that I felt like is, is very difficult: Niners, Chiefs, Cardinals, Raiders. What do you have there? Oh, I gotta go first. Um, <laughs> so the Niners one does bother me, and yeah. it, until you show me a tackle. And and you have to do you do have to show me how to improve run defense. I'm worried about that one. So Niners is a loss because I can't imagine they sweep the Chiefs, even though they could loss. But I do think the Cardinals aren't that great compared not compared to the Chargers and their roster. No, um, and the Chargers they definitely do, got worse this offseason. Yeah, so I would say two and two sweeping the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are a good team. I said the Chargers would sweep them last year. And the Raiders, I just, I don't, I don't buy them being that great. Sorry. Yeah. Dad. You know, the Raiders fans love posting that picture of Derek Carr calling a timeout, but it's like your team had a historically bad point differential and only made the playoffs because COVID wiped mm-hmm. out the Browns and Colts rosters in yeah. December. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they can only show Derek Carr calling timeout because they can't throw him, post him throwing many touchdowns. <laughs> if Steven Ruiz from the ringer was going through, it looked like he was going through the whole charter season. And he was he did some clips uh, of Derek Carr for the first game, and Derek Carr had like that one really great throw on the run, and then he was like, yeah, and then he did this shit, and then he did this shit, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder what his reaction was to when Derek Carr just like curled up in a ball when nobody was around him. Hmm. Um, I think two and two are the same. Uh, I feel like you know that stretch is very difficult, but you know if we're talking about the Chargers being as good as we think they can be then mm-hmm. I think they should go two and two in this kind of stretch. So um, through 12, through 12 games, 
I would have them at uh, eight and three. Wait, no, that's not right. So I had four and zero, oh, three and one, two and two. So ten and nine and three. Nine and three. Gosh, it's late. I had a long day. Math is hard. So nine, I had nine and three <laughs> through twelve games. Yeah, I, I would say nine and three, eight and four. But I'll say nine and three because I think the next stretch is is really tough. Yeah. So then coming down the stretch, obviously Miami game, which I'm very worried about. So that's going to be a loss for me. Mm-hmm. I think the Titans at home, I think they should win that game. So then that would be uh, 10 and four. And then I think in the last three games, I think the Chargers could win two of those games. I, I think it's going to be very, very difficult winning at Indy and at Denver. Mm-hmm. And then I, I do feel like they could they could legitimately go on through down the stretch. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised, but I'm going to say that they ultimately go three and two down that stretch. So that would be 13 and four. Yeah. I'm more pessimistic. It's some combination of games. It could be the Titans. It could be the Dolphins. It could be the Colts. It could be the Rams. It could be the Broncos. Uh, I have them going two and three here, which sucks. And that's how they close out the season, but that's still an 11 and six for me on the whole year. And I think that feels about right for me. Uh, it, it just really 11 and six in any combination. It feels like even if they start the season, you know, beating those two AFC West teams somewhere, they drop one to the Colts or something. So I'm going to go with 11 and six that just these last five games until they beat Denver at Denver. Don't think they're going to do it, even though they can. Um, so that one's a, that one's a loss. I think the Miami one is a loss. And then I don't I just don't know if they can go three and over the Titans, Colts and Rams. So yeah. to me, to me, I think the Rams are the, I mean, the Rams is the better team. I would think, um, again, totally think they could beat these guys, but just the way the NFL goes, I think it's 11 and six for me. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> 13 and four is that's, that's probably like first in the AFC, man. Like that's, so I think 13 and four is, is obviously kind of like the best case scenario. I do think we can pencil in at least four losses this year. Um, apparently, saying 13 and four means I have no faith in the team. So there's that, I guess. Um, Daniel Popper has 11 and six. You have 11 and six Chargers and leash has 11 and six. So I'll retroactively say 12 and five, you know, kind of split the difference there. Right. And that's the thing, you know, okay, that's a win. That's a win. That's a win. Like all of these are like, there's a win. I could write an article about how they win every single game. Sure. Something happens. There's a loss. Again, yeah, we're being so negative. Uh, this is a really hard schedule. I don't know if people realize that. This is a very, very difficult schedule for the Chargers. Like, yeah, they went nine and seven or nine and eight, whatever, last year, but that schedule was a lot easier. And, yeah. you know, we talked about the second half of the season for them being, you know, cakewalk versus the Giants and the Eagles and the Texans and the Bengals. And they lost, you know, some of the games they really should have won. And so this schedule, this second half in particular, is a lot more difficult than last year, at least on paper. Of course, things change. Uh, so yeah, eleven and six for me. Yeah, I think eleven and six, twelve and five. I feel like that is kind of the sweet spot, and that's a great season, man. Like you're challenging ideally for a, a top seed in the conference and maybe winning mm-hmm. the division. So um, yeah, again, like I, I would love to sit here and say, yeah, seventeen and zero, like let's go. But like they're gonna lose games. I mean, you look at that those last nine games, and it's a lot of really good teams in there. So. Again, I feel like the schedule really sets up nicely for them. Before the bye, you kind of ramp up and solve a lot of the issues. We saw how 
proactive they were after the bye last year and solving the red zone offense issues and some of those other things. So you get the bye at the perfect time for me right before your schedule gets really tough. And you get another game against the, the Falcons who are, are going to be ideally an easy win. So I think the schedule sets up nicely, but I'm still worried about several of those games, particularly, like we said, Niners, Dolphins, obviously playing at Denver, anything can happen. And just that that final three games is going to be very, very difficult. Yeah, and just last year, I would almost argue that they lost three or four games because of the right tackle situation. I think the Cowboys game, the Patriots game, Ravens game, the Raiders game to close out the year, that still hasn't been fixed. And that is still a problem. And maybe it's Trey Pipkins. I don't know how much better it's going to get. I don't. I really don't know how much better it's going to right. get. Even if Trey Pipkins is a bit better, the whole dang AFC, the pass rushers, they all got better too. So I just, until that's fixed, I don't know how I can get any higher than, you know, 12 and 5, I guess I could see. But until that's fixed, they have a significant issue that forced them to lose games, I think, at sure. least three of them last year. So that's a huge swing. If they fix right tackle or they adjust the line in some way, I could be more optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think people really understand how much of an improvement improvement two wins is. Like, I mean, we saw the Chargers go from right. seven and nine to nine and eight, and they were in the playoff hunt all season long. And so 11 and six, like that, that's a playoff team. You are a playoff team at that point. And mm-hmm. I think that should be the expectation. This team has to make the playoffs this year. 11 mm-hmm. and six gets you that 12 and five gets you arguably a one seed kind of depending on how the rest of the other schedules kind of shake out. Cause I mean, even last year, the Titans had a very easy schedule. The bills had a super easy schedule and the bills still play in the worst <laughs> division in the conference. Right. But you know, the Bills have to play the Buccaneers and the Rams and the Chiefs and like all these really good teams. So I think if you are the Chargers and you can get to 11 wins and, you know, down the stretch, you're sitting at 10 wins and you could potentially be looking at a one seed, man, like you really could. Mm -hmm. So I I think the Chargers are set up very nicely. Like I said, I'm super excited to see how this all pans out. And I, I fully expect this team to make the playoffs, win a playoff game. And that's kind of the the bar for me for this season yeah the titans were the number one seed last year and they're 12 and 5 so like unless saying 11 and 6 12 and 5 yeah. isn't us being super pessimistic about the team <laughs> 12 and 5 won the entire american football conference last year so 11 and 6 feels about right and i would feel good about that it's i almost don't care they just need to make the postseason if right. nine and eight gets them into the postseason awesome once you're there then that's when it really counts for me i just want to see the team make the postseason because then there, those games, those wins matter. And I think once they get right. there, they could go all the way to the Super Bowl. They just have to get there. They just have to get there and pray Buffalo doesn't host the first game. <laughs> yeah, playing at Buffalo in January does not sound very fun at all. Um, but, I mean, we just saw the Bengals go on a crazy run. And we've seen other team, other crazier things happen. You know, the Niners in 2019 kind of looks like an, an aberration at, of some sorts. And... Last year, they weren't super good, but they still made the NFC Championship game and almost won that game. So, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. And I think, you know, this is the bar now. Like, the Chargers have done enough to say you need to get in the playoffs, you need to win a playoff game, or your season is is a failure. And I think this team can do that. And I think they can make the season a success and, and win some games in the playoffs and make it interesting, man. So, yeah, I'm super excited about this team. You know, I know a lot of people felt like I was very negative about the Trey Pipkin situation last week. I'm just kind of frustrated at the process there, but that's being very nitpicky, right? Like overall, 
this this is the best offseason of my lifetime, man. Like you couldn't have pictured a better offseason for this. And so I, I cannot wait to see how it it all pans out. Again, I will be going to the Raiders game week one, speaking it into existence, if you will. And uh can't be can't wait for that game. Yeah, I can't wait. I'll be there. Maybe it's by myself, maybe it's with my sisters, my parents. I have no idea. But I'll be there and yeah, cool. Sounds good. Um <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just can't wait to get I, I know every offseason, same old chargers, same old chargers, and you know, they always hyped up in this year, but it's different, and it was different last year to a certain extent with this yeah. new coach and this different approach. But now we're all on the same page. They have these legit veterans. They've been super aggressive. This is the first time in my true fandom of the Chargers that they've done this. So I can't wait to see what it translates to on the field. Yeah, man. The whole, like, they've always been hyped up. Yeah, I feel like it's it's just different this year because usually when they're hyped up in the offseason, it's like, oh, like they're a Super Bowl dark horse team. But this year you have like legitimate Super Bowl aspirations, in my opinion. And, you know, me and you were talking about this on, on Twitter the other day. Like even Kyle Van Oy signing with the Chargers, like even that just like hasn't happened in my life. No, like mm-hmm. a true player that's like won a Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls that's, you know, looking for more, that's ring chasing, if you will. Like even that kind of player has not come to the Chargers traditionally. And then you also add in JC Jackson and Killer Mac and like all these things, right? And it's like, this is different. Like this team is yeah. operating at a different level than anything that we are used to seeing. Oh, and by the way, they have a demigod at quarterback who could arguably be the best quarterback in the league this year. So, yeah. you know, I, I think really honestly, the sky is the limit to for this team. And I can't wait to see how it pans out. Yeah, I've just never seen, I guess you could argue some of the Chiefs in their very early Mahomes era, but still like this does feel like the, I guess other than the the bills, the most complete team. How often do you have a defense with this much talent and investing this much in it? And Oh, by the way, they have a top five offensive line and a top three quarterback at worst. I just, we don't see this kind of combination very often. And as long as, you know, special teams doesn't let us down, everything should really fall into place again, 11 and six, you know, feels realistic, but, it's just so it's so exciting and I, I hope I hope whole health holds out because yeah I really think they can do something special yeah I mean we saw we saw health kind of be very positive for the Chargers offense if we can just have it be a positive for the Chargers defense then I think we're in a, in yeah. a great situation so um today was fun man it really was seeing all the schedule at least come out seeing the Chargers kind of crush it today was awesome so um hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well uh, apologies for the East coasters out there. I know this is, is uh, a little late for you guys, but I appreciate you if you're still tuned in as always, if you are listening to this, uh, please leave us a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice. Let us know what your prediction is on Twitter or right here in the chat. Um, as you will, if you think the chargers are going to go 17 and 0, by all means, you know, put your name on it and, and snap it out and, uh, we'll have some fun with it. So, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Hopefully, Alex is back on uh, Saturday when we are going to do a Q&A as uh, Alex can uh, look at this graphic and have some fun. So, um, Tyler, appreciate the time, man, and uh, this was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tomorrow should have something fun for you guys. Got to confirm with long snapper Josh Harris, hey. who will do a live film breakdown interview and then, of course, field your questions. So if you guys are listening tomorrow, 
90% confirmed. He does have to fly back to Georgia to get things taken care of still. But if he's willing to come on still, should have a uh, live interview for you guys where you can ask him questions. There we go. Love to hear that. Shout out to Josh Harris, man. Hope his move goes well. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. We'll see you next time. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.